Well, all right, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again as I am enjoying my sixth episode today. And so today we have a guest with us, Ari, and I don't know how to actually pronounce your last name. <laughs> I don't want to butcher names while I'm doing this whole thing. So please, Ari, go ahead and introduce yourself for the benefit of the crowd. Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is Ari Ufondu. Ufondu. Ufondu, that's how you pronounce it. Okay, okay. Ari Ufondu. Um, I'm a graduate student at Texas A&M, mm. um, getting a PhD in chemical engineering. Mm. Um, before that, I was in Pittsburgh. I did a couple of five years of undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh. So I'm kind of like a Northeast kind of guy. Oh, okay. Moved all the way to Texas two years ago. So. Okay, okay. So first of all, that's really interesting, right? So um, Pittsburgh, right? So I actually, my brother actually exists over at Purdue right now. And he, oh, okay. he's very, very upset about the whole setup because uh, he's a California kid. He goes all the way over to, um, you know, Purdue. He sees snow for the first time too many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? So you did you, you were in Pittsburgh then from when you uh grew up, you went to high school though in another country. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay. So um I was born in New Jersey and then soon I after I was born, my parents who are Nigerian, uh, you know, they're Nigerian nationals. Mm-hmm. We moved back to Nigeria with my whole family. And when we moved back, you know, um, I'm growing up in Nigeria my whole life from the time I was a baby till I was 17 years old, did middle school, high school in Nigeria. And then once I was done with that, the kind of like the deal in my family is once you're done in Nigeria, once you get like a a high school education in Nigeria, then you go to America and get your college education. So... (coughs) I moved straight from Nigeria all the way to Pittsburgh, and that that first winter oh, no. in Pittsburgh, after like the warm tropics of Nigeria, man, it was it was something else. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I can relate to your brother on the yeah. whole California and Purdue thing. You know, so okay, I've never personally been to Nigeria actually in my entire life, gotcha, so gotcha. Uh, I didn't even know it was a tropics. I, gotcha. I thought it was maybe. Uh, I assume everything that's really hot is like Mediterranean. So no, no, no. So Nigeria is weird, man. It's weird mm. in like how like weirdly diverse it is. Like it's it's not that big a country, right? Right. Okay. It's maybe a little bigger than Texas. It's maybe a little bigger than Texas, right? It's 180 million people in Nigeria, and the climate is so different mm. depending on where in Nigeria you are. Right. So the big city that I lived in, and like most people that you meet from Nigeria, they're usually from this city. Right. It's like 20 million people yeah. in this city. It's called Lagos, right? And Lagos is in the southwest of Nigeria. So there, it's like tropics. It's like really. Like, if you took away all... Because it's a city. Like, it's a major metropolitan uh, city. So, if you took away all the buildings, right, and you went back, like, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, it's just jungle. It's just straight (laughs) jungle. Like, Amazon kind of, like, jungle. So, that's that's the climate in that region. But then, if you start going to the east, it starts getting drier and more like Mediterranean-y. I see. I see. Yeah, more like Mediterranean-y. 
But then if you go up north, you start hitting like the savannas, sort of like a like grassland, right? Okay. Keep going farther than that, you're going to hit desert. You're going to hit like an extension of the Sahara Desert, <laughs> right? That's like crazy. that's so it's crazy all in a country about the size of Texas, there's like four different climates. Like it's it's weird. It's crazy. Well, you know, I, I feel like here actually too. Like there's so many different climates. It's like you know, it was almost like being at home. Like you know, California has like a bunch of different climates too. So mm-hmm. it's you know, I've never I've never been to a place though where you can just get like tropics and then like you know, over here you get desert and stuff. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's I'm sure that always plays a role in like how you know what you can do, like what kind of interests you had growing up. So. Um, all right, so I'm really curious, right? So you said that you are a chemical engineering person. So yeah. when, when, did, when did that become an actual uh, career path for you? So was that something, you know, when kids, they grow up and stuff, and they're like, I want to be an astronaut or something, <laughs> you know, like, what, what was it for you? Like, what, what was it about that whole thing? Was that something as a kid that you were interested in, or is that something as you grew up? You know, you're here pursuing a PhD, yeah, which is yeah, <laughs> some yeah, serious yeah. stuff, right? So, yeah, the chemical, becoming a chemical engineer, uh, you know, I don't think I know any kid who goes, yeah, I want to be a chemical engineer. All you right, know, all As right. a kid, it was mostly like, I remember wanting to be an astronaut, right? Okay. And okay. my mom shot that down. She was like, I'm not having you, like, get lost in space. You got to <laughs> do something. A little closer to the ground, and then you know, I wanted to be like an F, like a Formula One driver. Okay. And she also wasn't having that, right? So I, right. I had to, you know, tweak it a little bit, but I think it was sort of um, it was closer to tenth grade, ninth, around like ninth or tenth grade that I really started to seriously look at chemical engineering. Like, growing up, I always had a good mind for, like, mathematics and Man. science. And, like, I was always really, really super interested in all that stuff. So, and I always did well in the classes, but I would think about, like, okay, so what is it exactly that I want to do? And growing up in Nigeria, and most third world countries, one of the things that, if you talk to anyone that's there, that they'll tell you is there is the power supply, right? So, like, in, in America, right. you just flick a switch and you have the lights come on, right? Okay. Or, you know, you open the fridge. It's always... Like, there's always electricity unless you don't pay your light bill. Yeah. But in countries like Nigeria and, like, some other countries, um, you know, maybe, like, in the Caribbean and in South America and parts of Asia... Even if you're paying your light bill, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's always going to be electricity. Wait, so, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it sounds crazy, but no, no that's very interesting. Yeah, okay. you optimistically expect maybe, uh, and this is optimate on a really really good stretch, you can average maybe six hours of having electricity. Oh my god, six hours. Like, six hours getting electricity a day. So, everyone who has the means in Nigeria Mm. ends up buying a generator, right? Oh, right. So, what we would do in my house is we, unless, like, there's something, 
serious going on. We wouldn't turn on the generator until 7 o'clock at night. And I remember every time as a kid, if we didn't get electricity normally, right? And, like, there wasn't any electricity during the day, it'd be so hot and so boring. And I'd just be waiting for 7 o'clock to come so they could turn on the generator so I could watch cartoons and stuff. So... Yeah, so, like, yeah. just growing up like that, I wanted to do something about the energy insecurity I in see. Okay. Right. So, it started off as, you know, like, me just wanting to watch cartoons, right? But as I kept growing older, I saw, like, the impact of not having constant electricity had. Right. So, it's, like, farmers who would, you know, raise who would raise their crops they wouldn't be able to refrigerate their stuff mm-hmm. or, like, meat that they had uh, butchered to send off because there wasn't constant electricity. And a lot of that would go bad. And it going bad caused food shortages, and that leads to food insecurity. And hospitals, who were in the top hospitals in the city, they couldn't reliably power their hospital oh, all the time oh, so those yeah. you can imagine what like that causes so from just wanting to watch cartoons as i grew older i started right. seeing the bigger picture mm-hmm. of what energy insecurity caused and i wanted to do something about that and chemical engineering was an avenue right. to do that it mm-hmm. was it was it was something it was a way to to kind of make a difference in that arena so you know i I started looking at it a little more seriously and then when i went to college that's what i ended up pursuing even though in grad school things have changed and i'm not exactly in that energy field anymore but it's it was the beginning of something it was the it was the genesis of this whole chapter Okay, cool. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But now, now I want to go back to this whole thing with the six-hour thing. So, did they... Okay, so one, did they ever get this fixed? Is that is that still a prevalent problem? So, I talked to my... My dad is in the U.S. right now. Right, right. But um, my mom is back home uh, at this uh, right now. And I talk to them every now and again. And that's always one of the things I bring up. You know, I'm like, hey, is there... Like, what's going on? Like, is, is the light situation fixed? And over the last couple of years, like, sometimes they'll go like, oh, yeah, it's getting better. And then I'm like, okay, that's good. And then, like, two months later, they're like, oh, it's worse than it's ever been. <laughs> and then in two months, it's getting better. And then it's been going on and on like that. But um, recently, over the last about a year or yeah. so, they said that it's really starting to get better. Okay. That it's, it's, it's really starting to go in the right direction and just a quick side note on on Nigerian politics uh, my dad is under the impression that it's because so the state we live in the city we live in the governor of that Mm -hmm. state he did a lot of good things for the state but after his term was over they appointed him to be the minister for for power generation oh energy. like minister of energy or something. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it's called right, but right, like right. that right mm-hmm. so my dad thinks that it's because that guy's there and he's doing a good job so 
things are starting to trend in the right direction. Yeah, it's funny how like a few like actual politicians who are doing some stuff can actually affect yeah, some change. Yeah, right? yeah, it's amazing, right? right? It's almost as if like that's what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I know. crazy. I feel like in our contemporary society, people forget like, oh, I can vote or I can yeah. do all these other things. It's, it's you wild. know, like I'm pretty sure like I I know my bro- like I know um, you know I feel like my brother's generation we're eight years apart like he. There's people who, like, were my year, who, like, they sat around, they're like, everybody should, you know, I'm in high school. I'm not even, like, 18, like, when I got out of high school. So, like, everybody's screaming about how I should, you know, how we should all vote, and they're, like, in high school. I know, like, I feel like my brother and his, like, generation of friends who are, like, eight years younger than I am, he's, like, 19, he's never brought up the concept of voting. I don't think any of them have ever even thought about it. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, like, I guess, like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I wish was encouraged a little bit more. Like, yeah. you know, like in high school, right around... Because uh, over here, you guys graduate high school at around 18? Yeah, like I'd say 18 is pretty much your typical age. Unless yeah. you're someone like me who, like, turned 18 the first, like, two months. Within the first gotcha, two months of this college gotcha, year. Gotcha, gotcha. Right? Yeah, so they should probably, like, start... Like trying to gear people to vote, like right. right around like a senior in high school coming teach them like all like the civics and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you said you watched cartoons when you were a kid, right? Oh, yeah. So that had to be. You said that you would you would spend all boring day mm-hmm. and all boring night. Like so, let, let's start with let's start with like what that's like during the day. So it gets hot, right? And we're here in Texas. It gets hot. It's mm-hmm. been like a hundred and ten degrees, like mm-hmm. on average, mm-hmm. the last few days. So, you know, what do you, what do you even do? <laughs> like, what do you even do to, like, you know, do you oh, have any power? You're like, so, it, you have to start getting, like, I, I feel like this is, like, if you ask any Nigerian who actually, like, lived in Nigeria, yeah. you have to get creative. <laughs> you have to get creative. You have to find a way not to be bored. Like, you gotta just, like, get, round up all your neighbors, like, all the kids in your same age yeah, group, yeah, yeah. as neighbors, and, like, come up with different games to like play just so you're not like bored and like you know you just have to find something man it's it's crazy i think also that's i, I think that might be the reason why i like really like got into reading novels oh i see like, porous yeah i'm a big 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 reader like i have an audible account and like, yeah i'll just like get books all the time and just listen to them just listen to the audiobooks but in Nigeria, um, I would get my, I would ask my dad whenever he went out. I'd mm-hmm. ask him to like get me some books, and he'd get me. That's how I got into Harry Potter. That's how I got into. Um, do you know? Uh, you know Aragon the movie, the mm. the one with the dragons and stuff. No, I mean I'm familiar with the name. Like obviously I know Aragon from like you know the Lord of the Rings and you know stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. But like uh, I know that there was an Aragon with dragons. And yeah. Stuff, so. So I I would like read all those series. So like that, like Game of Thrones, oh, of course, yeah. all that good stuff. So like I'm I'm really big into that. I think it's just like, just sitting at home with no like electricity, that forced <laughs> me to like, kind of get into that. Well, you know, I mean, I guess it's twofold, too, because I would say, like, you know, uh, social media, I feel like, in America, you know, I feel like, you know, it it allows us to peer into other people's lives a lot, and I feel like uh, a lot of that um, keeps other people from, like, like, feeling like they need to see each other, whereas, like, having no electricity almost necessitates having to, like, have friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Like, there was a kid who, um, we, we would go to the same boarding school. Yeah. But I didn't know that he was my neighbor, right? So he okay. was, like, maybe, like, ten houses away. I didn't realize he was my neighbor until one, one summer or something. Yeah, it was, like, one summer. And then it was just so bored. I just went around to all the houses just yeah. knocking on the doors. I'm just like, hey, do you guys have any kids sort of around my do you age? have any kids? Like, for real. Like, I was, I went around knocking. And then I knocked on the door and this kid comes out. And I'm like, oh, funny seeing you here. Yeah. Like, you know? I was like, yeah, we've been neighbors for like the last couple of years and we had no idea. So... You know, that's funny. I, I feel like, um, you know, I wanted to one day extend some of my shows to like funny little segments. And one of them is like, uh, one of them I was thinking about was things you can say as a kid, but not as an adult. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Walking up to someone's house. Yeah. And like, hey, do you have any kids within the age range of nine to 13? Yeah. And, and, yeah. He, and even if some like kid who was nine to 13 came to my door and was like, knocking <laughs> on the door, I'd be like, oh, like, where'd you come from? Where's your mom and dad? So you gotta like peek Dude. around and around. Like, yeah, that's like a white van. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, whoa. Okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> How many kids you got in there? <laughs> but you know, yeah. But that that's really cool though because you know I, I'm a big reader now. Uh, but I'll admit, um, when I was growing up, I'm sitting there. Uh, you know, doing the very stereotypical thing of video games. You know, yeah, I started playing the Super Nintendo, right? Nice, nice, uh, and nice. you know, Classic. I was spoiled, right? Like you get you get to sit here in an air conditioned house and just play your video games. That's why I got fat. <laughs> like, like, that's why I got fat. You know, like I I don't I don't have to like sweat it out in the sun. Like I went to summer camp, you know, and like uh, so the summer camp when I was like a kid, it goes. It was like this cool thing where you got like little stations to go to. It was like a little block schedule. Okay. And so like every hour, every couple hours, we do something different. And the outdoor shit, I stayed in the shade sixty percent of the time, unless it was a sport I liked, or, you know, <laughs> right, right, or it was, or it was uh, we played basketball and they had gotcha. an indoor court, so it was cool, you know. But I played basketball a lot, and gotcha, I was just gotcha, like, oh, gotcha, anytime gotcha. I could go inside, and that's why, gotcha. like, you know, that's why I, I got a love for playing that. Um, but uh, you still play basketball? You oh, still, of course. You still yeah, yeah. I mean, we can still play. we can play at some point. You know? I, 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 I suck. I see you know? Yeah. Um. All right. All right. I dig that. But uh, you know, in in terms of uh the reading though, so I can see why that becomes an important thing later on, right? Because now you have this love of reading where you're actually reading stuff that uh you know mystical worlds things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll admit, I don't dabble in Harry Potter, although I really do appreciate, like, the story, and, and, you know, I do appreciate, like, the fantasy aspect of it. Never read Twilight. I, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever read that Funny series? enough, I've read all the Twilights. Yeah. Wow. I, that is how wide-ranging, like, my reading habits are. Like, I would, I, I beggars couldn't be choosers, man. No, I would no. read anything. <laughs> to get out of being bored i've read every single twilight book. all right all right, all right so other than your you know prototypical book series that have been read twilight harry potter notwithstanding gotcha. what what's an uh, aragon what's the well give me like another book series that you would recommend people out there that maybe they've slept on maybe they passed the book in in, in stores or Maybe they've never even seen it. Like, what, what do you got in terms of a suggestion that molded you as a person? Like, one book that you feel like stands out and is like, 
this really was something that I learned some lessons from that like contributed to the rest of my life. Okay, okay, okay. Um, ooh, that's a good that's a good question. So there's so many of those. I think I think like every I try to take something. Okay, give me five away from every book series. Give me like a top five. Everybody okay. likes a top five. So. A top five. Yeah. I would recommend reading the Wheel of Time series. The by, Wheel of Time. The Wheel okay. of Time series by Robert Jordan. Okay. Um, for that book, yeah. what that gave me was a sense of adventure, a sense of like always moving forward, like a progression. Mm. You start out with, uh, there's three main characters, but out of the three, one of them is like the main character. And you see their journey, and they start out together, and then they go their separate directions, and, like, destiny takes them in whatever way they go. But you see how they turn from children, like Mm -hmm. kids, and they're thrust into this crazy, insane world that they're not prepared for. And you see them stumble at points you hate the main characters you know you see them become bad you see them like fail okay. and you start you stop liking them right. but then you see that they're always trying to get better they're always trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. they might not do it the right thing but they do it for the right reasons right. and eventually they find their way and I think that's an analogy for just being a kid and growing up in the world like things will happen and you're going to fail and you're not always going to do the right thing but if you stay true to who you are and know that you're always trying to get better eventually you'll get to where you're trying to go that's cool so that's a really big one the wheel of time that's what i took from that there's a couple of other ones um the miss born series miss born miss born series also very 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 good um the way of kings okay that sounds cool yeah very 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 good so the guy who wrote mistborn and the way of kings it's the same guy okay i really like the author what's the what's the author's name um brandon sanderson brandon so we also funny enough wheel of time it's like 13 14 books in the series i forget the first 10 or 11 were written by robert jordan Mm. And it spanned over like decades. Right. But then, unfortunately, he died. So, Brandon Sanderson, the guy who wrote the other two books, uh-huh. Mistborn and uh, Way of Kings, he picked up okay. and finished the remaining three books. Oh. So, Brandon okay. Sanderson is one of my favorite authors. So, you can see he has a part to play in these three books. But, and then there's some other ones. Um, uh, Lies of Locke Lamora are pretty, is a pretty mm. good one. And, you know? Yeah, I got you. But, um, yeah, I, I just try to take something from each one. And I think that if you go into, if you go into some of these, uh, into some of these series, 
with that mindset, I think that it could be very beneficial. Oh, absolutely. It's like keeping an open mind and then always looking to kind of do mm-hmm. the progression mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. You know, they do say, uh, you know, avid readers, you, uh, well, now that I'm an avid reader, I have to say anything. <laughs> You're like, you know, us avid yeah, readers. Us avid readers. <laughs> us avid readers. You know, uh, sense, I, although um, I find myself reading a lot more about like, uh, you know, I read a lot of like interesting stuff. Like I read The Golden Ratio the other day. or started to read The Golden Ratio. It's like this guy, by this guy, Mario Livio. It's about, um, you know, it's it's something. It's a mathematical principle. I don't know uh, if you're the, familiar with. Is that the thing with like your the ratio of like it appears in like all these different natural things? Like yeah. The length of your finger versus your whole finger versus like the small the, portion. Yeah, of it. the yeah, small yeah. portion of it. Yeah. Or like it's, yeah, I I think it came up like in the Da Vinci Code. I think they like it made is. a reference to it. Yeah, in Da Vinci Code or something. Right. Oh, and of course that's another book you read too. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean it's uh it's basically like you know a mathematical principle where like one part is like within a certain ratio of another part. It's actually also to describe like the Fibonacci sequence. Okay. And stuff. okay. So I've been starting to like kind of just figure out like it as a design philosophy because engineer engineer nice, you know nice, we got to nice, figure nice, out nice. like you know how designs come in, figure out all that stuff. Okay, so I guess uh, moving on with all of this, now you're, you know, now you've made it from Nigeria to America, right? So what's the process to, you know, uh, applications and all that stuff? What goes through your mind as you're beginning to apply to schools in America here? So, um, when I was in Nigeria, I went to a British... A British high school, right? It's like a British middle school and a high school. It's in Nigeria, but our curriculum is, it has the British curriculum. And my high school was geared towards getting kids ready to go to school in England. Right. So we would take all their entrance exams. So I know to get into America, you have to do like the SATs or Mm. the ACTs, which I did. But I was one of maybe 20 kids who bothered taking the SATs or the SETs. Mm-hmm. Everyone else had to take this exam called the IGCSEs. And the IGCSEs is so hard. <laughs> it's the hardest, till date, it's really? the hardest exam I have ever taken in my life. Till date, including grad school stuff. Oh, the DRE. Including all so get this okay right. so in what's, what's I, the ISGSC sample I think it's international something something I don't even know what it stands for alright mm-hmm. it's called it's the IGCSE IGCSE yeah IGCSE but if you were in England and you were taking it it would just be called the GCSE oh so because I is the international the I is part. the international part right gotcha so in Nigeria high school is basically from 7th grade to 12th grade mm-hmm. and literally everything you've learned from 7th grade to 12th grade is being tested in your IGCSEs. <laughs> That's every right. single course mm-hmm. for so it's over like maybe uh, I think like maybe like a 2 week period every single course you've ever taken math, advanced mathematics, physics, chemistry, biology, economics, uh, geography uh, what other classes? I, I think did I do? Did I take French? I didn't. I dropped. <laughs> I dropped French. Okay. I dropped French, so I didn't take French for IGCSEs, English, everything. You, it ends up being like 11, 12 courses that you're Jeez. taking, and it is so brutal. But we do that, 
and I thought I was going to go. I I I I wanted to go to a British. Uh, I wanted to go to a British college, but if you're doing that, there's two extra years of what they call A levels, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do two extra years of college. So instead, I decided to go to America, and I took the SATs. Um, I took the SAT ones and the SAT twos, and I did pretty well in that. And then I was applying to schools, but I didn't really know like what a good school right. was in America. I I wasn't too sure, so I applied to a bunch of different places. And then when I got the, you know, the acceptance letters. I kind of just like flicked through and I was like, okay, University of Pittsburgh. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Might as well go there. Because like to me, everything was the same. I didn't know which was a better school, right? No, that's so funny. Yeah, it was my aunt who was in America who was like recommending schools that I like applied to. She's like, go apply to this, apply to this, apply to this, apply to this. So, so what, did, what did you have in terms of acceptances? Just like, I just want to know what the playing field is like. Um, I want to know how far reaching this Pittsburgh so, Steelers thing so, was. So, 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 uh, obviously you apply to like the Harvards and the... Oh, yeah, everybody does. And the Cornells yeah. and all of that. And I did not hear anything back from those guys. Yeah. They were not interested in me. But um, I think, so there was University of Pittsburgh, there was Penn State, there was Wisconsin. Um, What else? I think I might have done, I might have seen, I might have, I think I got UCLA as well. Nice. There might have been one. I remember getting from a school in Atlanta, I don't remember. Ooh, um... This school in Philadelphia, the one with the dragon. Oh, Drexel. Drexel. Yeah. Drexel. I got Drexel as well. Um, there were a bunch. I don't. I don't really remember. Yeah. So there was a bunch, and it was right. kind of like spread out across mm-hmm. the country. Okay. So I just looked at it. I was like, UCLA sounds cool, man. I kind of want to go to LA. Yeah. Live that LA lifestyle, but at the end of the day, I just looked. I was like, eh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? Nice. I really that's all it came down to. That's and, uh, crazy. I mean like that's okay. cool. That's like no no, I'm not you know I'm not like Oh no, no, no. It's 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 it is a very irresponsible <laughs> 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 Do not do that, kids. Do not do Whoever that. Whoever is listening, <laughs> do not it's a very irresponsible way of choosing your future. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even go do any tours or nothing. Couldn't I couldn't fly to like. Uh, yeah, that's right. I was, yeah, I was gonna fly from Nigeria to like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. go to see all the tours. You oh. know, that's funny actually, because I, <laughs> that's how I felt like about here. All right. So <laughs> I was uh, living in Northern California in Mountain View. That's where like Facebook and like Google and all them reside. All right, all right. And all so right. I was working at a um, a biotech company, and I only knew I was gonna be there for five months. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna nice, like nice. you know work here, just live here for well, a little really, bit. What did you do at the biotech company? Oh, uh, it was I was just doing. Um, What's it? I was just like basically a service tech for a while, and then I got to like essentially uh, one of the guys who was above me. 
he goes on paternity leave, which, by the way, is a thing. Oh, wow. Paternity leave is a thing in America. Wow. Hey, we yeah. are. We're we're, get, that, that's good. Yeah, we're, we're, roll, we're high rolling here. Yeah, look at us getting progressive. I know, right? right? So, like, his wife had to apparently go back to work, like, right after she squirts out a baby. <laughs> so go back to work right after, like, oh, my God. Switching general. You know, right, right, right. So he, he's now in charge of her. He's gone for three months from when, uh, from August before, oh, he's supposed to come back in September, uh, he leaves somewhere in the middle of May, so I'm just doing whatever I want to at this job. Like, this guy had been there for two months. I got to know him, like, from uh, when I moved there in March to May. He just is freaking gone. So then uh, I'm a contractor at the time, and right. the lady who was uh, supervising me is like, well, we, we need you to, like, you know, start managing some of these other people. And I was like, managing who? And she's like, well, you know, like, these coworkers, such and such and such. And I was like, some of these people are, like, you know, 30 years older than me. Like, what do I, you know, what do I tell them, right? Yeah. And so I just, like, sat everybody down, and I was like, e- even my coworker I had to manage, and he had been there for two years before me. Wow. He had, he had gotten, like, a 25-cent raise in two years. Wow. Where, uh, yeah. I imagine that didn't make you a lot of friends. Though. No, no, it did not. Uh, but I sat everybody down, and I said, this is what's going to happen. I would like everyone to sit down so that we could, like, learn to be... You know, we could learn to not just coexist, but we could all, you know, have a good time. I want to take care of you guys because, like, you know, like, and I explained to them, like, before what the situation was. Like, I'm going to be leaving soon, too, but, like, we don't need to tell anyone about that. Um, but essentially, it is just kind of, like, how it went down. So I moved from that job uh, eventually. I, I don't even come to a because I'm, like, I'm working right now. Gotcha. And what's crazy is our department... Uh, our department had fired our academic advisor. So the lady who was sending me messages and saying, hey, we want you to come, we're, we're, you know, we're willing to give you... Dropped off the face of the earth. Dropped off the face of the earth. There's a phone number at the bottom of my thing. I called them so many times asking to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Hi, uh, I'm looking for, you know, someone so that I can visit, which I, I wasn't even trying to visit. I just wanted an advisor, someone to talk to when I got there to, to springboard me. But instead, nobody picks up the phone. One day, a kid picks up the phone. I didn't know how the whole thing ran over here. Mm-hmm. So I get a kid picking up in reception. And I'm like, Who, who's this? And they're like, who's this? <laughs> You're right? Like, and I was like, okay, well, I've agreed to come here. This is, this is starting to get really sketchy. And so, um, you know, first of all, I'm thinking, is there some kind of scam up the, out there? You know, I, I didn't pay any money, but they're telling me they're going to pay me money to come here wow. and all this stuff. So... I get my car transported from Northern California because I didn't drive that. I took a plane, right? And so I take this plane. I start flying past the California part and, like, I start going towards, like, the south. And it starts to become flat nothingness. And I was just like, oh, shit, I made a mistake. (laughs) And then I got off the plane here in College Station. Not even Houston, not even Dallas. Got here to College Station. I was like... You, you like, landed in College Station? Yeah, I landed over there at Easterwood. And I was like... Holy shit, I made a humongous mistake. When, when you walk out into so for people who don't know what yeah. the airport and college station like, the waiting room is maybe twice the size of the room I'm currently in mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and this room is like a ten by eleven. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the waiting room at an airport, you couldn't fit a hundred people. Yeah. You couldn't. You just couldn't. It's not possible. <laughs> like, it's not possible. You have to stack them on top of each other like Legos to fit 100 people in that waiting room. It's that small. You know, I will give them this, though. They did improve their lobby and, like, the waiting area. They still only have two terminals, though. Two terminals. Did they? I didn't even think they had two. Like, yeah, no, they have did, two. 
but like the planes come in and I don't even think two planes can be there at the same time. It's it's uh, it's <laughs> amazing. So if that was your first like glance at College Station, you must have been like, you must have thought like you I, were in, like, like the out. backwoods. Oh yeah, I thought I was in the backwoods, like you know, and uh, you know, obviously we're in a time and place where like you know you hope racism doesn't exist, but like the first thing I thought of was like, it, does racism still exist oh, here? Like, yeah. That's the first thing I thought of, and I was like. So everything about this is wrong. Like you walk outside and it's all human. I thought I had taken a shower, but I hadn't, you know, all that, you know, so I can understand, you know, I just made it. I, the only reason why I came here was they were like, oh, we're willing to give you X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay, fantastic. It's like, oh, you're going to pay me to go to school. Oh, Oh, man. Oh, damn. Yeah. But. But you, but you, you decided uh, at least for your undergrad here. So Pittsburgh Steelers, that's that's great marketing yeah, on their Steelers. point, though. Yes, yes. I mean, if uh, anyone listening at the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you want to send me uh, season tickets, uh, you know, you know where to find me. <laughs> Are you fond of? Just uh, look me up. I like those season tickets. Yeah, Texas A and M. Just uh, if you guys can find him, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Actually, somebody's <laughs> listening and they're like, "Damn, like this like, guy's a fan." It's like now we gotta send him some yeah. season tickets. Yeah. So, okay, so you get over, now you're over in, this. you were at Pitt, right? Or you, I was at Pitt. Okay, yeah. so, because I know there's a couple schools over kind of in the Pittsburgh area, mm-hmm. so, okay, so, now you've gone from Nigeria, sometimes power, to mm-hmm. now you're in Pittsburgh, all the time power, mm-hmm. but now it's cold. Now it's, like, literally the polar opposite of, oh, like, yeah. what's going on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, why don't, why don't you, like, help me understand your experience there? Uh, describe or discuss, like, some of the stuff that you were experiencing in these first few years getting yourself acclimated? Because it was always a challenge, right? So, that is absolutely right in the sense like there is a challenge. Uh-huh. And, whew, boy. All right. So, I had just left Nigeria right. as a 17-year-old kid flying thousands of miles away from my parents mm-hmm. from the nest. And I was finally in, you know... I had a sense of like independence. Like I could, I was the man. I could do whatever it is that I wanted. Right. And I got to college and I'm in a whole different environment. And Pittsburgh, and the thing you got, like the University of Pittsburgh is different from most colleges in the sense that it's integrated really well into the city of Pittsburgh. Okay. Right. So. Just because you're at college and you're at the University of Pittsburgh, everyone around you is not a college student. Like, you understand? Know it's like, it's in the city. Like, yeah. It's like, there's stuff going on around the school. Right. So it's really easy to kind of lose your focus if you're not really, like, if you don't really understand the system, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what happened to me. My first semester right, right, right. at college, and I know like this happens a lot with like a lot of people like talk to and like a lot of, the, you know, like the first, there's the joke that like the first semester, like you'd like fill all your classes and like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, but boy, if you, it is, oh my God, it's amazing how how I screwed this whole thing up. Jesus. My first semester. Yeah. It was legendary. I'll give you 
I'll give you I'll give you just a just 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 a taste of what screwing up was like. In Nigeria, I was like a constant A student. Yeah. Even in the IGCSEs that I said were the hardest yeah. exams I'd ever taken, I got A stars in all my subjects. Okay. Except from no no no. I got A stars in six subjects, three A's, and one B? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think the B I got was in some goofy subject I didn't really care about. So, in this, I, I was always a really, really, really good student. I got an F in pre-calculus. I got damn In pre-calculus. Yeah. Pre, again, for people who are not, like, who don't know, like, engineering or, like, yeah. didn't go through, like, um, a STEM field, or, like, a STEM background, pre-calculus is a class you take before calculus to get you ready for calculus. Right. I was just such a screw-up. Like, I would never go to class... I would just, like, if I went to class, like, I'd just, like, be goofing around, wouldn't turn in. Just, just a complete asshole, right? And I got an F in pre-calc, and, like, I didn't do that much better in any of my other classes. And I remember meeting with my advisor, yeah. Sim. I'll never forget Sim. Sim, Sim, Simeon Sanders changed my whole life at, uh, University of Pittsburgh. I remember feel, being so like disappointed in myself. And, yeah. Like, I was talking to Sim, and Sim like Sim is like he's a tough guy. Like he's a tough yeah. dude. Like he's not like one of these vanilla yeah. like uh no, like, yeah. He's like big dude. Used to play football before. Has dreads all the way down <laughs> to his back. Right. And like he was giving it to me straight, like how I was being a screw up, and like you know. And I just, I, I, you know, because, like, before I talked to him, I told him, like, all my goals, like, what it is yeah. that I wanted. And he was like, is this how you're going to achieve the things that you want to achieve? Damn. And I really wow. had to look myself in the mirror, and I was like, you know, maybe going out to a party on a Wednesday night, you know, yeah. when you have a test on Friday that you haven't really studied for, maybe that's not the best idea. <laughs> you know, maybe, just maybe, that's not that great an idea. And then the next semester, and every semester since then, I had to come back with a vengeance. Yeah. Like, I really, really had to, like, put everything just to get my GPA, like, to offset how crappy I had made it. Like... I really had to go in. And I think that experience really, like, it kind of, it, it kind of did something to me in the sense that, like, before then, yeah. everything else I had tried, I had never failed right. at anything, you know? Like, yeah, I would put in effort, at least I used to think I was putting in effort, and I would always get success. So the idea that I could fail. It just never, it was never a thing. Like never registered. Yeah, it like, never, it was never a possibility. Right, right. Like regardless of what happened, I always thought that like, 
and this might be a thing with like reading fantasy novels where like regardless of what happens the hero the hero always wins or there's always a good like a good ish ending right yeah I started to like think like regardless of what happens I will come out on top yeah and that first semester was uh kick in the throat yeah. and I was like uh not necessarily you have to put in the work to right. and ever since then I think um, I, I keep that in the back of my head a lot <laughs> well see but that that's cool though because like you know everybody has an overarching character arc you know mm-hmm. um that's like I've been watching The Sopranos again recently nice, and so nice, nice. Um, you know Christopher always talks about his overarching character arc I got you and so without the idea that you can fail um, it's it can be a positive and negative thing. Positive in the sense that some people take it where they're like, oh, well, I didn't know I was supposed to fail at this. They end up doing some crazy shit. But some people, <laughs> then they think they're invincible and then they start doing things that you shouldn't be doing, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think everything needs to be, you need to have perspective in everything. Yeah. Like you need to, you need to have insane confidence in yourself, right? Right. You need to have you need to almost believe that you will get through, but you need to also know that if you do not give it your all, mm-hmm. if you're not, if your back isn't to the wall every single moment, that you know things could go sideways. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's it has to be a balance of those two things. You need to understand that you always need to give it your all. Right. And you need to believe that if you give it your all, you'll then get then you'll get things done. Like, See, but that's a cool story because, like, I feel like a lot of people uh, these day and age, you know, they're uh, they're kind of like wandering around listlessly. They don't have that sort of drive, and that's something I've learned recently. Is there's a drive there because you could have easily tapped out and said, "I'm not meant to be here," and that's what a lot of people do. I feel like is like they get adversity, they succeed all their life. The first thing, adversity, like, you know, the dog dies or something, or, you know, oh, I woke up really late for a date on Wednesday and I didn't go, the rest of my week's ruined. You know, like, real, like, weak-minded shit like that, you know? And so, it's good to hear that somebody's had those similar experiences, you know? I've had some similar things go down in my life, and that's led me to a lot of different other avenues, you know? So, that's the beauty about this whole thing. Okay, so I guess, you know, wrapping up here, let's go ahead and go over, uh, you're now in grad school, right? So now you finally made it out, you got your degree with everything, you know? Um, let's, let's, let's move on to now you're here. So what brings you here? You could have stopped at the undergrad. What brings you here? What is it about the whole chemical engineering theme? What's about this whole experience that brings you here? So, when... I was going, when I was going through undergrad, Mm -hmm. keeping in the back of my head that the thing I wanted, right, you know, um, I spoke about this before that, I wanted to do something about energy generation and um, energy insecurity in Nigeria, right, right? and expand that to the rest of the third world, right? Mm -hmm. I did not think that I would be able to achieve that with only an undergraduate degree. Okay. Yeah. So, I didn't think, 
Yeah, you go through undergrad and you learn a ton of skills. You learn the things necessary to be able to put yourself out there in a job market right. and get a job. Mm-hmm. But I needed to know how things really, like getting down to the nuts and bolts, how things really worked, how to innovate. Because, you know, it's when you really understand, like, the thing, the component parts of what you're doing, that's where the real innovation comes. And pursuing a PhD, I felt, would give me the structure and um, would afford me the resources to be able to really, like, pursue that like uh, innovative aspect of what I was trying to do to be mm-hmm. able to like test different things in the right. lab like to be able to talk to different uh, specialists and people who are at the top of their game in the field I was going in so that's kind of what pushed me towards getting a PhD that's really cool yeah yeah and even though like you know like Things so right now I'm currently not doing the energy generation side of things, and that's one of the things. Like when you're going into grad school, I think a lot of people. I don't know how it is for like other degree plans, but other uh, majors or whatever. But I think a lot of people like they have their. They think like this is exactly what I'm going to do when I go yeah. into grad school, and it doesn't always pan out that way. It's you might see something else that catches your attention, right. or something, or just out of necessity, something else that is there for you to do instead. And that's kind of where my journey has taken me. That's really cool. See, and like that's uh, you're the second person to say that. You know Sam, right? Uh, which one? Oh yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Sam. So yeah. yeah, so Sam actually was uh, one of our first episodes actually, and he was discussing how he wanted to do something. Uh, you know, he wanted, he had an initial goal and then what happens is he's now, uh, you know, he thought he wanted to work on like nanotechnology and, uh, he ends up, he ended up now working on like sound technology and he likes it a lot better, you know? Mm -hmm. And he had this really interesting thing about like only working in places for like every five years and then moving on to the next place. So that's interesting. Yeah. Right. So he, you know, he was also somebody who was saying how like you, you come here, you're like, I need to do that. You know? You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to get everything together. And then lo and behold, you start working on something else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everything kind of, like, works out a better way sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I guess, like, to to wrap things up, I'm just curious about a few other things. So, how did this career slash lifestyle, you know, because really, a grad school degree is really, like, a career plus, like, a lifestyle. You know. So, how has that affected you in ways you didn't expect? Um, that was the whole journey, I guess. You've been here now for what, like eight years now in America? Yeah, so I got to America in the summer of 2011. So, hmm, actually, I think it's almost exactly because I came in July. Came yeah. sometime in July. Hey, happy eighth anniversary yeah. of you being so, here. Seventh, right? seventh anniversary. Oh, okay. Seventh anniversary. So I think it's, it's almost, it's, I don't remember exactly what day in July I came, but it's almost in seven or it's a little past seven years. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's in terms of lifestyle, it's it's definitely been a change, especially in grad school. You kind of have to readjust 
like, and you know this, like, you have to readjust kind of the way you went about undergrad. And for me, what I found out is developing a routine is Mm. super, 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 super important. And my routine, like, I've had different iterations of my routine. Like, my routine has changed uh, quite drastically over time. But I think I finally found, like, a routine that kind of works for me. Right. Yeah, so, um, and what, once you do that, and you can stick to that, I think that really helps you in the long run. It really kind of, like, and it's a good thing. It's, I think it's good for, like, f- for the future. Like, I think, like, this is the way I've decided to just live life just right now. Like, Through routine. Exactly. So so, what's your like? What's it like a morning routine? Like a yeah. you know like what 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 kind of goes down in this routine that gets you like ready to go? Gotcha. Okay. So the routine I'm kind of on right now is I wake up at six thirty, mm-hmm. right? And depending on what day of the week it is, I'll do a combination of these things. I'll read really quickly. So. um I have, in the morning, I read, like, lifestyle, mm-hmm. like, uh, self-help books. Oh, hey, that'd be yeah. too. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. And stuff like that, you know? I'll read, like, a self-help, I'll read, like, a few chapters in a self-help book. Maybe it's just, like, 20, 25 minutes yeah. of doing that. Kind of, like, get myself in, get my mind right. in the right state for the day. Just, right. like, you know, I do all of that, and then I'll do some light stretching and like you know so I, I i do like a lot of sports and like i go to the gym a lot yeah and i usually wait when i wake up i'm like sore and tight so i'll do like a couple minutes of light stretching and i like to imagine mm-hmm. this is my version of yoga i don't know how to do <laughs> yoga, but i imagine that this is what yoga entails so i do that i do that for about five to ten minutes then um, I go, you know, brush my teeth, take a shower, I come out. Over, I've already made my breakfast. So, like, I already have, like, I made my breakfast, like, on Sunday. Right. Right. So, say it's a Monday. I have uh, my breakfast ready on Sunday. And it's just in the fridge. Okay. So, all I have to do is put it into the microwave, get it, you know, and then eat it. And then once I'm done with that, I take my backpack, my gym bag, and then I go off to work. I go to the office, handle all the stuff I have to do in the office, and then around six thirty seven, mm-hmm. I leave and then go to the gym. Yeah, I try to get through with my workout in the gym, maybe like an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. Come back home, uh, take a shower, drink protein shake, and then I have maybe an hour or two hours before bed right. where I can just do whatever I want. Okay. So maybe like I watch on TV, maybe I play some video games and then, you know, right around when it's time for bed, the thing that I started doing is that I'll just turn on my Audible, right? So the audiobook I'm listening to. So in the morning I read self-help books. Yeah. In the evening I read like fantasy novels. Yeah, that's cool. So I just turn it on, set it on like a 15-minute timer or a 30-minute timer to shut off after 30 minutes. And I'm hoping that by then, I'll already be asleep. Right. And then 
in 30 minutes, it shuts off and I'm already asleep. And that's the day. There you go. Okay. See, like, I feel like a lot of people, like, they run around with chickens with their heads cut off because Mm -hmm. they don't have any routine. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, that's why I feel like a lot of people don't have structure. And it's because of that, that uh, a lot of people, like, find, um, they're not as productive as they should be. So that's really cool. I I have my own little routines. I like to do, um, so every day I do, um, I spend one day doing uh, one specific type of task. You know, whether it's something for this, uh, trying to build up the whole uh, podcast and the whole overall brand concept that I'm trying to put together. I'll spend one entire day doing that. You know, obviously I read the books in the morning. I'll also read the books in the evening too. And then somewhere interspersed in there, I'll go to the gym. I try to keep it like varied and so then one day it'll be like oh one day is all research so it's like literally that one entire day because of what i was doing before which wasn't working too well was i was just like jumping around on a bunch of different things and it was like two hours two hours two hours and i was like i'm not really doing anything in these two hours now i'm just like shifting gears to something else and they said like it takes 20 minutes just to get you back up to speed you know what i mean so i've learned to like change all that um, okay, so finally, uh, as you know, as we wrap up here, I'm just curious for you, what is your perception of a meaningful and successful life, and how has that changed over the course of time? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. I think it will be easier to answer what I used to think a meaningful and successful life right. meant. Right. So I used to think that that meant bawling crazy, like mm-hmm. being like a billionaire, like having like three private jets, mm-hmm. like, you know, like sports cars and, you know, just like the, the you know, you've seen like the Instagram balls, yeah. you know, like that. Like I thought I used to think that was what it meant to have. A meaningful and successful life and while um, I would still like all those things yeah, you know of course, like, if, <laughs> if I if if someone would be willing to give that to me I will not refuse it I've over the, over the years I think I've come to see that that's not quite what it is I think and I'm still evolving I'm still a changing person I imagine that if you ask me this question in two years it'll be different it'll be slightly different I think being a pillar in your community gives you more is gives you a sense of being worthwhile and being Mm -hmm. successful and when I say a pillar in your community I don't necessarily mean like in terms of money, in terms of what you're doing for the people that you care about and the people that are around you. And if you're, not to sound corny, but like if you're bringing in more good than you're taking out. Like, I'll give an example. And this is kind of like, I've seen this from my dad and his brothers, mm-hmm. right? My dad's side of the family, and obviously my mom's side of the family, but specific to my dad's side of the family, what they do has inspired me to kind of, it's kind of given me, uh, it's helped open my eyes 
Right. So what they do is that they sponsor a lot of children from my village. Okay. And when I say my village, this is going to sound weird, but we have villages in Nigeria. Yeah. So Nigeria is, we have tribes. There are many, many, many different tribes, but there are three major tribes. And I belong to one of the three major tribes, the Igbo, right? And even though I live in the city, my ancestors came from a different part of the country. I see. Okay. So we go back to that part of the country, at least we used to, every single year uh, around Christmas time, right? So we take a, we go back there. And there is not as developed as it is in the city, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a city, but over there, we call it the village because right. it's literally like a village, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad and his brothers and his siblings, just being from that area, they always try to uplift that community. So they do things like putting in, um, replacing all the pipes mm-hmm. to get clean water into, uh, there's like this big well that they built to get water there. They do all the roads because uh, before it was like dirt roads and stuff like that. So they like tarred all the roads themselves and then um, they like help pay for the education of a lot of the kids in the community. So together they sponsor, a, I don't even know how many uh, people. They take them out, they take them to good secondary schools, that's like high schools. And then once they're done with that, they take them to good universities. And they sponsor a lot of people like that. And it's making, I think just looking at that, like that makes an impact in the community. Like you're changing people's lives. Right. And when I would, well, growing up, I, I, I remember thinking to myself, like before I knew all of this, before I knew like what they were doing with their money, I remember like asking for things like I'd ask to get like, oh, the PS3 just yeah. came out. Like, can I get the PS3, dad? And then he'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> and then, you know, and I'd see all my other friends getting like PS3s and getting yeah. all the stuff. And then like, oh, or these new shoes came out. I want to get this. And then he'd be like, no. And I kept wondering i was like why like why don't i get any of these things yeah. but as i grew older and i saw kind of like where the money was the going. bulk of their money was going ah, to, I, see. I started to like i had a newer appreciation for that so when i talk about being a pillar in your community yeah i think that example that my dad and my uncles and my aunts have laid out for me right I think uh, that's something that I'd like to continue as well. No, and that's really cool. See, that's that's the type of stuff that I want to like. You know, have people here because some people are like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, there you go. There's there's always ways. There's always something you can do. There's people who you've lived by. Your neighbors. Some people need your help. You know, mm-hmm. or some, not even, even that. Like, even if it's just sitting down and listening to them talk. Yeah. Even if that's it. Like, if that's all you're able to do at this point in time. Just service to others. Just, you know, everyone's going through a tough time. You may not be able to, like, help them financially. But if you could help them emotionally by just listening to them, like, that's, I think that's part of the, that's part of it. That's part of the equation, so. 
All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, I think we've uh, run out of time here. Uh, you know, I've been, yeah, pretty much. I think we've uh, elapsed the time limit here. So uh, thank you very much for joining us awesome, today. Awesome. Thank, hey, you. thank you. Thank you Because, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we'll probably end up, like, having some people come on. And we'll probably have you back at some point, talk with some sweet, other interesting, sweet, other sweet, international sweet, people. Sweet, so sweet. thanks again, man. Awesome. Thank hey, you so much. And thank you for all our viewers. Catch us on the next episode.